the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Welcome to the show. This is episode 333 of New Zealand's longest running tech podcast, The Boys of Tech. This episode is for the week commencing Monday the 25th of May 2015. My name is Edwin Herman. I am joined by my co-host Brett King over a Skype connection. Welcome to the show, Brett. Hi, hi. Hey, it's good to have you on the show once again. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're in the market for a microphone, I hear? Yep, yep, been looking around, looking around, thought I could find something, you know, pretty good, seeing as you got all of the, the prices in the, in the music stores in, in Wellington, at least, are on the pricey side, especially compared to the same microphones on Amazon. And so I was thinking, yeah, yeah, I might get it from Amazon until I... Uh, Attempted to actually found one that was a you know you look at something on Amazon and then you go oh I, I'd really want that and you discover oh wait they don't ship it to New Zealand so finally found one that did ship to New Zealand from Amazon and hit the yeah I want it and then saw the amount that it was going to cost to get it to me and decided to cancel that. <laughs> a fifty dollar is... microphone was gonna cost one hundred and fifty dollars to get to me. Yeah, now that's crazy. That's uh, that's a it's, a it's a real barrier, isn't it? It's a shame because I've often seen products on Amazon and thought had the same experience as you. It's like, oh wow, look at that price. I mean, you know, surely shipping's not gonna be that much. It'll arrive cheaper than I can buy it, you know, locally. Indeed, and I, then- I buy DVDs and and books and stuff from Amazon all the time. And the shipping generally comes in at less than the price of, you know, the overall price. Uh, I expect it to, you know, depending on what I buy, if I buy a bunch of books, I expect the shipping to be slightly pricier because books are heavy. But, yeah, (laughs) not generally for the shipping cost to be three times the cost of the actual. Yeah, no, that's that's (laughs) bizarre. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, nah, nah, see if I can can find it closer. But it's really hard to find. It's really hard to find a good microphone for, you know, a decent uh, cheap microphone. Oh, yeah, yeah. You You can get tons in America, apparently. You can get them for 50, 30 US dollars, mixers for $50, which are good. But try to get the same thing here and... like I, I went to music stores and I was like, okay, this is a, this is a brand of a fifty dollar, fifty US dollar thing. Uh, I find the exact same thing in a New Zealand music store, two hundred bucks. Oh, I know, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so true, isn't it, of this country? But uh, I guess we have to get used to it. It's frustrating, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> mm. The markup and obviously the cost of getting it here that they wag in there. It's, 
It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's probably a bit of both, as you say. Yeah. But, yeah. It's like a, a product which is, is cheap as chips kind of in America that you can go, yeah, yeah, I'll pay 50 bucks for that. And if it's if it works okay, that's cool. If it turns out it's pretty crap, then there's only 50 bucks. 200 bucks. 200 bucks is, well, if, 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 <laughs> if it's only got okay reviews, I'm not sure I want to spend 200 bucks no, on it. No, no. <laughs> that's not a cheap as chips, let's give it a go kind of deal. That's a, that's a serious investment of money for something that could turn out to be crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, let us know how you get on. Um, I'll be interested to see what mic you get. And you could use the mic. Are you going to use the mic for podcasting as well? Yep. Yeah, that would be great. Excellent. We'll have a, a sound upgrade. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you know, it's still going to go through Skype, but oh, yeah. in theory. Yeah, yeah I think. Input sound heading towards the Skype. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that, that will all help. Mm. All right, so anyway, WWDC is just around the corner, but there's nothing to report on that yet. It hasn't started. Wanted to kick off with a big story I saw. In fact, I think it broke not long after we released our last week's podcast. It may have, may have been breaking around the same time. Uh, we didn't cap, we didn't you know catch it in time. So we'll do we'll do the story now. It's a big one. It's a story. Well, it's potentially a big one. It's a story about a hacker who claims to have taken control of a commercial flight whilst on board, and he claims to have done that through the entertainment system. Well, that's there, there's your first issue. He, he hasn't claimed that. The FBI affidavit from the FBI agent who talked to the researcher is the one who claims he says that. The researcher himself um, says he didn't do that. Not live. He was talking, as he did in a previous interview with Wired magazine, about how he did all of these things or could replicate all of these things in simulation. And so he was talking about how he did all of these things in simulations. So how would he... Not in actual flight. It's this FBI affidavit that says that when this FBI agent interviewed Chris Roberts, the researcher in question, that Chris Roberts said he did this in flight. So there's conflicting statements. It's he said, she said so far. And, yeah. So, you know, it was quite a big claim. And when I first read that, my jaw dropped and I thought, really? Well, indeed, because we're talking about claims that he entered in commands that made one of the engines think that it should be powering up to climb and so it made the aircraft shift laterally. Now, that claim has come out right? Yep. Airlines around the world have all kinds of telemetry information that shows when things go weird. They would have picked up on an anomaly and gone, what the hell is this? This claim came out like, you know, a week ago or whatever. And they would have matched that up and this guy would be in custody right now. But he's not. So why is the and FBI every, even... You know, all of the airlines are going, no, this, this didn't well, this I don't know. Have, have they said no or they have they just not come forward? Has no one said anything? Well, nobody said anything so far. But, but that's, that's different to saying no. Jail. Well, what, so how come, so if the FBI is so convinced that this has happened, according to one of the FBI agents, why haven't they followed it up? Why are they even saying that he has, if, if something seems, the whole thing seems 
They're a little well, bit the FBI bizarre. themselves seem dodgy to me. They've been doing some really, really dodgy things in America recently. Like, if we, you know, swing to an entirely different story about their, uh, what do they call them, stingrays? Their cell site capture devices. Was that FBI or NSA? Yeah, no, that's FBI. Oh, okay. Um, the FBI have been using these things to, you know, pretend to be cell sites and capture people's cell phone information, not only cell phone location and that sort of thing, but actual content of cell phone conversations and text messages, et cetera, et cetera. Everything sent over the network that it's, that it's pretending to be. And the FBI has sent out strict instructions to all of the law enforcement agencies that use their Stingray technology that they are not to reveal information about the Stingray technology itself at all, ever. In fact, they would prefer that the criminal cases were dropped uh, in so that they could not have to, you know, so that well, they would not have to divulge information for this. And there have been numerous over the past month, numerous cases that have come to light of criminal cases being dropped because the attorneys working for the, um, the the defendants discover that stingrays were used, query this, and then suddenly the cases are dropped. It is, they've been doing some real dodgy stuff, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were doing a dodgy thing here going, well, we've got to shut down this guy um, for, you know, telling people that airlines are bad. You know, airlines are easy to hack and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, but, but wait a sec. Yeah, but wait a sec. They, they can't shut them down, if you like, unless they charge him with something. So even like if they know he oh, hasn't no, really they, done they this. They have to charge him with something. All they have to do is get him fired, get him blacklisted from places. It's oh, all okay. very well hat stuff. Yeah. Mm. But you know, uh, with all of the crap that's been coming out on what the different agencies in the, within the American government have been doing, I wouldn't put it past them. But this entire story is a ton of he said, she said. He's gone that, he in the Wired article at least, that he's been able to replicate these things within simulations. They've gone, well, he's done this on actual aircrafts. And either way... Uh, if he's done it in simulations or done it on actual aircrafts, the fact that this sort of being able to take over an aircraft's flight systems from outside of the cockpit is concerning in and of itself. Yeah, I, look, I agree with you. Even if it is only in a simulation, assuming the simulation is correct and an accurate representation of real life, that's a concern. Yeah. It's a, it's a big concern because it, it means that the theory you not be able to can be put into practice. The cover off of a box from the seat underneath you or in front of you, plug in, uh, connect to any of the cables or the the device within the box, and then through the in-flight entertainment system, connect to other systems within the plane. Like I, I think we mentioned last time I was on, we talked about a a story where, you know, different networks should be air-gapped. You should not have these sorts of things connected. Oh, I think it might have been a similar one, you know, taking over taking over airplanes through the Wi-Fi system. Oh, vehicle. No, well, we talked about cars. Oh, yeah, yeah, cars. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> same deal. The same yeah. principle, with, yeah, same with principle. planes had a lot more people on them and a lot more destructive potential. None so of these, these systems these should be linked together. They should be no. all air-gapped. Any system engineer worth... I, you know, worth their salt 
would know that, that if you are going to have a, a internet-connected Wi-Fi system within the aircraft, then that, that system needs to be air-gapped from the inbuilt entertainment system. The inbuilt entertainment system needs to be air-gapped from the control systems that control the plane. And all of those control systems need to be secured from access within the cabin. So these aircraft are uh, Boeings and uh, Airbus. I'm yeah, surprised they all haven't. The, all, the, all the common ones, all the big ones, the big makes a plane that. Um, yeah, well, I'm surprised they haven't come forward. Flow, yeah. Well, well, they've come forward, going no, that our systems are safe. They are. Oh, they have come forward. Yeah, I, at least within the stories, the reports are that they have. Come forward and say, no, have they have they said they have claimed that they're they, that they cannot happen? Have they said anything about the possibility of even doing this by accessing flight controls through a port under I the seat? Don't know. Because you know that, as you said, you'd expect that to be air gapped. It kind of does surprise me that there is a connection there. It, it, yeah, it seems you, I, hard to I believe. Would be surprised if they were running the system, you know, cables that connected the different flight systems of the plane through the same area that the, you know, in-flight entertainment systems networking was running through. Why would you cable them together? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Why would you have those going through the same um, boxes underneath each of the seats? Yeah, the passenger, exactly, you you'd expect that the areas passengers can get to would be, you know, or from a network point of view, physically separate from the areas that the, you know, flight crew and pilots and other such personnel could get access to. Yep. So it's kind of hard to, to believe. So what's going to happen next with the story? I mean, are they, is, uh, I guess, uh, is more going to come out, do you think? Are we going to find out more about what the truth is? Because as you uh, said, there I is a bit of he said, she said. So. hang around for a while, at least, as the, the different he said, see, uh, he said, <laughs> she said. Say that 10 times fast now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as they come to light, um, either it'll come to light that it's, more storm in a teacup, or it will come to light just like the um, you know the other major revelations that have come to light over the past few years of oh my god oh my god why the hell did you allow that to happen um, that's really really bad why did you not think of that beforehand here's a slap on the wrist and a several hundred million dollar fine <laughs> well I'm I'm gonna I'm definitely interested to find out how this pans out because this has huge implications. Uh, especially safety implications for aircraft. Yeah. This is a, a, a bigger safety issue than, you know, than any of the things that they're tra- attempting to stop going through customs. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I mean, the only <laughs> thing they might do now is stop laptops and iPads and whatnot going through, but I don't Can't know. Can't do that. What is one of the biggest earners for international air travel business and what a businessman have yeah well they might make them put them in as you know uh, checked in luggage I don't know it wouldn't surprise yeah. me what are they going to do stop you having your your own cell phone well I don't know I, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's necessarily a logical smartphones to Ethernet devices 
A lot of smartphones uh, run a, you know, an almost full operating system. I know. I'm not saying it's necessarily a logical move. I, I just think it, it it's something that I, wouldn't surprise me. But look, I think, first of well, all, we it have to... wouldn't surprise me if they thought about it, but then I think they would also think about the fact that that would basically grind international business travel to a halt and make it impossible. Yeah, and as you say, it is worth a lot of money. And everybody would go, ah, <laughs> and run and hide in holes and everything would fall over. Well, you are right. It is worth a lot of money, so... <laughs> Let's see. To come up with a better way of doing it. And you know what that better way would be? What? Isolating the systems. Yeah, I'd Keep like to find out more about the tr- control yeah, system. Yeah, look, well, this is the thing. Entirely I'd- away from <laughs> publicly accessible parts of the plane. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I'd like to find out more about what the truth is. And in other yeah. words, more detail about this. Is Indeed. this possible? Has it even been done what in these, simulation? What these. Um, aircraft manufacturers need to do is they need to come out and go, this is not possible yeah. because this is yep. the way these systems are routed. This is the way yeah. these systems work. These, it is impossible to connect to the flight control systems. That is what they need to come out. Yep. And if they don't come out and say that, we'll know that maybe they are lazy and running all of the cables next to each other within the, through the same conduit that everybody can get access to by squeezing a cover off of a box underneath your chair. Mm. Well, I, I certainly hope we get more information on this. Let's move on and yeah. talk about LG. We've got some good news there. I was amazed by this. LG has shown off a concept OLED panel. Get this, less than a millimetre thick. You uh, peel it no. off like a magnet. How yeah. cool is that? <laughs> I know. Massively thick and they're Massively thick? Um, Mass- wait, massively thick? I mean, Bam. massively thin <laughs> or minusculely thin would be better. <laughs> yep. Um, but I love the way, you know, because it is so thin and obviously its control interface is going to be not much thicker than that, that you attach it to a magnetic board. So pretty much you could put it anywhere you wanted. It's like hanging a painting. It's not yeah. like getting a massive mount to hold up a kilogram worth of no. hardware off of your thing. It is just like putting a magnet on your fridge. It's like, oh, yeah. we'll put it there. Oh, no, nah, actually, no, we'll move it about an inch to the right. Yep. And all you need to do is just move yep. it. <laughs> and you know what, Brett? I can see the future of television will be exactly like that. This is how television is going to be. Your box and your your hard, your heavy hardware that can you know, controls it, will all be underneath and you'll just have a very, very thin, almost semi-transparent cable running up to this beautiful flat panel. That's how it's going to be in, yep. in future, in oh, years to come. I think all of the circuitry is going to get miniaturized as well and run as a a thin band along one edge. That's also possible. Um, and then yeah, your, your television, your, you know, 60-inch television will come in a tube and you'll just get it out of the tube and unroll it and attach it via the magnet parts to your wall and bada-bing. That would be very cool. That so, would be massively yeah. cool because, hell, it would be, you know, you're going on holiday. Who cares about having to deal with the hotel's tiny little television? You just roll up <laughs> your 60-inch television, stick it in your luggage, take it with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's still fairly large, though, even rolled up. But as you say, it's not impossible. I mean, you can put it in like a poster <laughs> tube. I don't know if they bend that much, though, to be honest. Well, you know, all of this sort of stuff is going in. They're using all this technology to for thinness to go into their currently gimmicky, um, you know, curved screens and stuff. And we've seen 
already flexible phones and things built on um, OLED technology that is foldable. So being able to get this this thin, possibly thinner, and being able to roll it up, it's the next step. Yeah, that's true. If, if you want to curve it around, curve it to your heart's content. Yeah, I think you're right. And over time, if it's not there now, it will be. So, yeah, yeah that's brilliant. I, I love this. I can't, In fact, I can't wait for television to evolve, you know, to the consumer level. Oh, indeed. It'll make camping so great. Make you know? what? Make what? Camping great. You go oh, out camping. in the bush, you set up yeah. your tent, you attach your 60-inch screen to the side of the tent. So you, you mean glamping? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that would be that would be so cool. I, just even at home, though, I, I, I just, yeah, I want, I want a TV like that. Yeah. You wouldn't have to buy two TVs, one for the bedroom, one for the lounge. No, exactly. Yeah, when everybody's finished using the lounge, you just peel it off the wall, go into the bedroom, put it on. Yeah. <laughs> No, it'd be very cool. All righty, yeah, so yeah. so that's kind of the uh, the skinny on uh, LG's latest OLED panel. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they had to, had to use that one. Brett, let's take a short break because we've got a New Zealand story right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Now, the Southern Cross Cable is the cable that connects New Zealand with the rest of the world, by, by and large. It's a figure-eight configuration through via Hawaii and then off to the uh, western shores of the United States. And the cable was cut recently again, I think second time in, what, three months, was it? So the poor old Southern Cross Cable was cut, uh, I think, traffic between the States and Australia had to go via New Zealand, via here. <laughs> yeah. We probably slowed them down, but they managed to to uh, to fix it, hadn't they? Nine hours it took. Yeah. How did it get severed? Uh, a state transport department um, employee using a digger. Oh. Uh, in <laughs> where is it? Yeah, um, in Oregon. You know, uh, how does that even happen? Like, you know, <laughs> it's well, not like the, the old days when you that you know uh, somebody digging a hole for some road works cuts severs the phone line. Yeah, but that's different. I mean, you know, we laid our phone lines pretty shallowly. Is that a word? Shallowly? They're fairly shallow. We didn't put a lot of conduit and stuff like that around it in the in the good old days, yeah. you know. Well, they just went in the ground. The, um, when the Southern Cross Cable gets into the States, it's obviously not that deep either. Yeah. You think there'd be... When it hits landfall there, it goes quite shallow where everybody else is. I mean, it is a major cable. I would have thought there'd be like some, I don't know, maybe a concrete conduit or, or something. I don't yeah. know. Something? Yep. And a contractor with a digger. Concrete conduit's not going to do nothing. But well, they, they concrete notice. conduit anyway. It's probably just some PVC pipe. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> that's probably what it is, yeah. I'd, I'd love to know actually where this is. Well, you just need to, you know, Google Maps, Klamath Falls. <laughs> yeah. Which so is the, the town outside of which this was this happened. Because now there's, uh, I think, in, you know, we've had a number of attempts to create a competing cable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to connect New Zealand to the US and I think Australia as well. Yeah. Uh, they've never really taken off, have they? So we're kind of reliant... We are reliant on the, on the, the Southern, Southern Cross, Cross Cable. Cable Unfortunately, yeah. the Southern Cross Cable is done in that figure eight, you know. 
with the two separate loops coming out of Hawaii, one loop that goes from Hawaii through to America and then back down to Hawaii, and then the other loop coming out from Hawaii and going through, you know, Pacific Australia and then going through from Australia through New Zealand and back to Hawaii. So, yeah. Yeah, there, there, there was so a. It does mean that if one one part of any of those loops gets cut, there is another round. Yeah, that was well designed. Yeah, yeah, right and that's why we didn't even notice it here. Yeah, exactly. Because, well, obviously, New Zealand, New Zealand's round first wasn't wasn't damaged, but also all of the New Zealand services obviously pay for what uh, Southern Cross call their protected. Um, uh, services, which means that yeah, if the the route that you've paid for goes down, your traffic gets rerouted through the other route. But any people who didn't have a protected service, whose route went down, they they lost. Mm. <laughs> They're the ones who are impacted. But all of the all of New Zealand customers, at least, are all fine. I must say, this Southern Cross cable has served us pretty well, hasn't it? And I know they've mostly got a monopoly i realize that but notwithstanding Earthly. that they Earthly. do it, yeah, sorry what was that I, I am questioning your mostly monopoly well i think i don't know i don't think it's the only one is it i think there are other cables isn't there one or there was one to australia that wasn't part of southern cross isn't that oh, still going in the way 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 back is that not in use anymore isn't that one that came out of wellington uh, oh, not sure. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I think there was one that came out of Wellington and went straight across to like Sydney. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long time. I must admit, since I've looked at the uh, the network maps, but I thought uh, I thought there was there were a couple of minor cables, but I could be wrong. Uh, maybe, oh. But in any event, that aside, it's it's done pretty well, hasn't it? It has. It has. I mean, but, it's, I think know, it's relying on one single. Cable service, though, even though it is in you know this sort of double link capacity, if something happened to a core part of it, <laughs> um, cable goes away. Yeah, I guess there is a critical part in in Hawaii, but again, there's yeah. Mm. Anyway, well, there you go. Mm. But yeah, it just means that there is there is no act, there's no true competition. For yeah, okay. I accept. I accept that. Yeah, I accept. It is, that. it is pretty much you. You you buy for your bandwidth on Southern Cross Cable, or you yeah, <laughs> miss that. Yeah, yeah. No, I accept that. It, it is kind of like that. All right, Brett. Well, that's pretty much it. That is the end of episode three hundred and thirty-three. I want to thank you very much for co-hosting. It's been a blast. Always a pleasure. Excellent. We'll do it again next time. Until then, have yourself a great week. Thank you to our listeners. Have yourselves a great week. See you next time. Goodbye. Ciao. My name is Edwin Herman here in Wellington City. Across the city, I'm joined by my co-host. I haven't told the episode number yet, so let's do that again. 